everybody to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick McGill, and today I'm joined by Split Six veteran John Church. Welcome back, John. How are you? Thanks, Nick. I'm, uh, I'm good. Good to be back on for the first time in uh, probably six months. Yeah, it's been a minute, huh? Indeed. Though, uh... Ter- the terrible library. timing for you, but... Yeah, the library <laughs> still doesn't reflect that that show ever happened, so... Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we said something that was uh, too risque and FCC got involved or something, but uh, yeah, I still can't find the audio of that. It's a bummer. It's a good one. That's wild. But hey, we're here, and uh, we're totally not going to get pulled this time, so yeah, good to be back. <laughs> we're here, and I'm drinking beer, but you will not be drinking beer today. Sadly, I am uh, still on medication that requires abstinence, and uh, it's been uh, a month of sobriety here. It's only been I'm- one month? Yeah, I'm getting through it uh, with uh, hopefully two more to go. Uh, hopefully two more or else that will mean uh, I've fucked up my liver, uh, yeah. which is preferable to... Uh, Death? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So how's your month of sobriety been? I, um, did, I did that once. It's been... Uh, I'll, I'll say this. You realize how much it adds to your bills eating out. Um, I keep oh, expecting yeah. these landmark bills and... next and. Uh, it's significantly cheaper than I expected. So that is nice. The uh, The upside is kind of limited, though. <laughs> Not that I was a huge drinker in the first place, but it would be nice in this setting because it's kind of the, podcast. the theme yeah. of this podcast. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it is all you drinking tonight. Yeah, well, hey, I'm uh, good at that. So More for you. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, uh, I don't know if you've listened recently, but I started doing Two Truths and a Lie at the beginning. Ah. Um, I did not warn you of this or prepare you, but do you have two truths and a lie for me that you can give me for me to try to guess? Two truths and a lie. About yourself that I wouldn't know. Hmm. I know it's on the spot. If you want to skip it, we can. No, I think I can do this. All right. Um, all right. So the three. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, before Game of Thrones, I never watched a TV series in its entirety. Okay. The first band I ever saw live was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. And I was born at Providence Hospital in Southfield. I'm going to go with The Lie is the first one because... Well, first of all, Game of Thrones isn't over yet. And second of all, you're a movie guy. There's no way you haven't seen a series in its entirety. Uh, no, before Game of Thrones. And uh, I guess I phrased that wrong. So I got into TV after starting Game of Thrones. And then I went and watched shows like The Sopranos and The Wire and Breaking Bad in their oh, entirety. So, so, oh, so you'd never seen a TV show entire, in its entirety before you started watching yes. Game of Thrones. Um, I'm still sticking with that. Is that... No. No, the lie is that Chili Peppers was the first band I ever saw. What was the first band you ever saw? Lincoln Park. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> was that the Palace? In 2004. I was at the, if it was at the Palace, I think with, yes. with Hoobastank, P.O.D. Yes. And uh, Story of the Year. Was, was that both of our first concerts? That was both of our first concerts. That's pretty awesome. How have we not talked about this before? That, that is amazing, but that's why you have this segment to discover these uh, <laughs> nice little... Uh, yeah, me, Mitchell, and Dylan. Tunes. That was all of our first, fav- our first concerts. Uh, actually, they might have went one before mm-hmm. me, but... Yeah, those were my four favorite bands at the time, and I loved that concert. Yeah, that's a good memory. 
I'm glad I saw Lincoln Park twice. <laughs> well, John, I know you're not drinking, but why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? What I'm drinking today? Nick is drinking Centennial IPA and in India Pale Ale, um, which I would feel more bummed out about missing if it was all day IPA because. For this not being one of my uh, preferred beer styles, uh, all day has become one of my go-tos. I do miss it yeah, quite a John bit. John is an all-day IPA guy. He always brings over two tall boys for Catan night. Yeah, that's my <laughs> standard. You know, it's it's that or every now and then I'll run into uh, Atwater now has Dirty Blonde tall boys, which mm. are a game changer. In Speaking of Atwater, themselves. if you look up on my shelf, I have to move my Atwater shine after this episode because the beers are going to overtake. Yes, them. it's starting to uh, impinge. Yeah. Well, here we go. Beer number one. Sports. Before we get into sports, John, I just want to confirm that you're going to be here for the uh, 100th episode. Uh, or, not, n- or not. Or 90%, yes. Um I'm getting a root canal done that night. Oh, uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping to get out of trivia, um, assuming all my coworkers listen to this. Uh, if one of you could do me a salad and pick up my show tonight, that'd yeah. be wonderful. So I could, uh, A, get a root canal done and not have to worry about doing a show immediately afterward, which is one heroic task. And B, I can, instead of Do a that, different show. Yeah, come to... Do a completely ridiculous and unlistenable podcast that this is going to be. Yes, but I need to be a part of it. For those of you who don't know, the 100th episode is next week. This is episode 99. We are having everybody that can be available that has been on the Split Six podcast before in the room at the same time. And I encourage you uh, not to take it seriously because I don't know how it's going to work with a... This is going to be the most people ever on a podcast, especially (laughs) on a 100th episode of a podcast. (laughs) It's going to be epic and I can't miss it. Um, uh, All right, John. On to sports. On to sports. What a day today is for sports. Indeed. Um, it, well, specifically the NBA. The draft lottery is in uh, like an hour and a half or two, two and a half hours. I don't really know. Something um, like that. Um, and the sweepstakes for Zion, Willi- Zion Williamson is on. Indeed. And uh, are you one of those people that believe that lottery systems are rigged? I... Mm. I'm just one of those guys who I think the the worst teams, in the interest of parity, the worst teams should have, if not a a lock on the top pick, close to it. Um, though we've had this conversation before, not on the podcast, but uh, in certain sports, tanking is a proven strategy, mm-hmm. and you have to reward the losing teams with the best amateur talent they can get. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, exactly. Like, if, if, if a team like, I don't know, if, like, the, the last team to miss the playoffs, which is, like, either the Miami Heat or Orlando Magic end up getting the first pick, mm-hmm. that's just not fair, in my opinion. Like, I think the lottery, I kind of hate the lottery system. I just want it to be gone. And, like, let's reward teams for tanking. Like, yes. Like, teams like that and, play, and people like that. Like I don't know what the I I know that they want the league to remain competitive uh, throughout the year, but players aren't going to lose on purpose. And let's just see if these GMs can build such a bad roster where they can get somebody like Zion Williamson. Like it, that's a different kind that's of how different t- kind of fun. That's just, how you turn around your franchise. Right. The NFL like doesn't have a problem with any of this stuff, and it's probably a lot because they play only sixteen games, and any team can turn it around in one season. Mm-hmm. But you know. Like, <laughs> fucking hockey's lottery 
was a debacle this year. Ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, come on. And it's, you can't even give the wings too much flack for not tanking and not doing everything they could to lose just because even if they had finished with the worst record, what guarantee is that that they're going to end up with the top pick, Jack Hughes? Well, re- retroactively, if the wings would have been one spot lower, I believe that was the slot that draw that drew the number one thing. So I can give them a little bit of flack. Fair enough. But, <laughs> but <laughs> still, it's a rigged system. And uh, yeah. in the interest of parity, uh, I, th- I think the, the worst team should... <laughs> have dibs on that pick are you um an are you a big nba fan i know you're a big baseball fan but not not a huge nba fan i mean i've kept tabs on it i know who's in the Mm. finals a little bit uh to be honest i finals aren't yet i don't think i can name um the conference finals whatever yeah yeah. I, i probably can't name two players on the trailblazers um so that that honestly i can't either i can name one (laughs) <laughs> that, that was surprising to see that they are uh, Golden State's uh, match mm-hmm. in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yeah, Gold, so Golden State is going to play the Trailblazers. Um, I think it starts tonight, actually. I think you're right. Um, it's either that Kevin or Durant is out. And yet, Golden State's still... <laughs> uh, is is, what, is um, Cousins playing? or Nope. He, he's out? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Darn, they still only yeah, have Steph, Steph Curry, Curry, Clay yeah. Thompson, and Draymond Green. Darn. It's, it's <laughs> and finals MB, MVP, Andre Iguodala. <laughs> that, that's that's something. I, I, I can't wait. They need, now in spite of this not being my favorite sport, the Warriors need their, like, a Moneyball movie or something like that. Or yeah, I guess yeah. someone would have to write the book first. But I would love to see the story about how you know, the the beginnings of them putting together that team. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to change the game and revolutionize the game. Right. Because it's really what they've done in the last five, six years. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the, the best team ever assembled in basketball, in my opinion. Um, I, I like them a lot. I was a big Warriors fan, uh, specifically before they got Kevin Durant. And now I just, I, whenever Kevin Durant's playing, I kind of don't, like them that much because it's a little it's well it's not a little unfair it's super unfair it's super unfair but now that he's hurt i actually like that he's hurt and i hope he's out for the rest of the finals or the rest of the playoffs just to give portland a fighting chance just to give steph curry my favorite player more accolades because that guy is a game changer and you know here's a fun stat uh 27 out of the last 28 games the warriors have played where kevin durant did not start but steph curry did they are twenty-seven and one. So insane. Are they better or worse with Katie? I mean, anyone that says that they're worse without one of the best players in the world of, of all time is an idiot. But they still function. They function differently, and they function. Uh, if 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 Clay and Steph are on, then they're unbeatable. It's a credit to their flexibility that they can afford to lose a player of that caliber and lose something, but lose nothing. Mm-hmm. It helps to have right. one of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah, when Steph Curry gets to shoot more, he does better, and like gets to like rather than having deferring to Kevin Durant most of the time, which you know is remarkable actually of uh, Steph Curry's will to win is like how he can be one of the best players in the league and still let somebody else like Durant take over and like just has the humility to do that. You know exactly. It feels like he's steered clear of all the uh, ball hog complaints that have, you know. 
and lodged against pure scores like that. Right. You know, Carmelo Anthony heard it a bolt in the bulk of his career. Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. even Kobe. But maybe uh, that's the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only player that's uh, there's like two players that have done that where they don't ever defer, and it's LeBron and Jordan. You know, and mm-hmm. it's because they're that level of quality, much yeah. like Zion Williamson might be. Entirely possible, but uh, uh, we'll go back to the lottery real quick. So the three teams with the best odds of winning the overall pick are the New York Knicks. The Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the last team. Is it the Mavericks or the Clippers? No, no. The Clippers made the playoffs. Um, mm. yeah. uh, well, you know, it's some other team that no one really wants them to go to. Right. I mean, the, the Cavaliers are the team that I think I would be, like, the least excited if you went to. Mm-hmm. It's, though we do have Cavaliers news to talk about in a second. But We do <laughs> indeed. But, uh, yeah, the cat. It's it's a franchise defined by one player, you know. You know. Yeah. I can't th- think. You probably can't name five other franchises in sports as defined by one player, as the Cavaliers were by LeBron James. Right. Which maybe well, maybe it, the Bulls. It, yeah, fair enough. Well, I guess I, they had Derrick Rose for a hot minute. League MVP. He, he never panned out. I heard the Pistons were thinking about uh, taking a run at him, which I, would, which would be uh, that'd be fun. I don't know who cares. Business are never going to win anything with the current setup they have. Um, it, it it is a shame because I feel like even ten years ago, uh, Drummond Griffin that's a championship caliber front line, but the, the way the game is played right now, yeah, it, you need big men. If who I'm, if I'm more flexible than that, if I'm the Pistons, I try to trade everybody except for Blake Griffin for LeBron James, including all of our future draft picks. <laughs> because <laughs> Le- LeBron James needs to go to somewhere else that's not the Lakers, because that is a shit show right now. It's hard to fathom uh, to the point where Magic had to step away. and Magic stepped down. They couldn't sign Tyron Lue or any of their other coaching prospects they had. And they signed Frank Vogel, uh, old Indiana Pacers coach. And, you know, I don't know. It's just... They, they had that whole debacle trying to trade for AD, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they alienated the rest of the team. So um, what, a, what a bad moment for And the Lakers went such a long time with, without being irrelevant. and Yeah, no, they're like one of the best franchises in the sport. And it's because of players like Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. You know, like just string. And wait, and, was, was Kareem in a Laker too? Yep, yeah, yeah, in the '80s there. Mm-hmm. So like we had all we had this string of players, and now it's like, oh, now they have LeBron James. But natural li- lineage, you know, from LeBron from, missed from the col- playoffs for the first time in like 12 years. It just goes to show that you can't you can't win with just one player in this. Uh, in this day and age anymore. Yeah. Not, I mean, LeBron the, being hurt for like 40 games or whatever it was just showed how bad the roster was that they couldn't <laughs> pick up the slack remotely. And you can't, yeah, and you're right. You can't win with just one superstar anymore. You have to have multiple. In the I post, guess, uh, I guess the Celtics were the ones that started it um, with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And ever since then, that's the, that's the model. I feel like you need at least three. Yeah. Which is, it's weird how much, how quickly it shifted. And we should talk about the Celtics because the Celtics just got uh, beat by the um, Milwaukee Bucks uh, 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks might be another team that's doing this with, I mean, they have really good players. Mm-hmm. Bledsoe's a good player. Middleton's a good player. 
Um, Lopez is a good player, but Giannis might be the best player in the league. He is he is fun to watch, and he I don't know if, I I think he'd be the only one I would call a superstar. Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it helps that and they've lost one game in the playoffs so far. And I know that the first four were against the goddamn Detroit Pistons, but <laughs> still, <laughs> still it's impressive. You uh, they have made mincemeat of everyone who's coming on their path, steamrolling them. Uh, I think that will change against Toronto, right? Yeah, we got to talk about the one of the best playoff games I've ever watched. Toronto mm-hmm. taking on the Sixers, the Philadelphia 76ers, Game 7. Uh, tight game. It's tied up with just seconds left. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard gets the ball, throws it aside, takes an off-balance shot. As time expires, it bounces on the rim. It bounces on the rim. It bounces on the rim, and it goes in. And I can't imagine the electricity that city was feeling at that moment. And the Terrific pain, theater. the pain Philadelphia was feeling. The process, they trusted the process and built mm. and built and built. It was for a moment like that, for that ball to bounce off the rim, and then you end up winning, but didn't, yeah. uh, didn't land their way. I Sorry, mean, Philly. Kawhi Leonard's been the best player all this postseason. He's on his last year, or he's on a one-year deal with Toronto right now. There's speculation he's going to go somewhere else. Like, I think the top bidder is the Clippers, but... A game like that with a franchise like Toronto, with the culture they've built, I can. I think I would put the favorites on Kawhi staying in Toronto I after this, regardless what happens. Because I mean, you got Kyle Lowry there, and uh, you can clearly go far. I mean, if everyone assumes Golden State's breaking up after this year, then you have a chance. I mean, I I think that the Raptors are going to beat Milwaukee. I could see it. It's going to be a good series. Yeah. These, yeah, that's going to be a good series. I think people are putting too much uh, pressure on Portland to make this a competitive series against the Warriors, but I can't see them beating no. the Warriors. No, uh, if it went more than five, I'd be amazed. Yeah. Oh, man, what a shot, though. I was watching it uh, at the place I work on Sundays, Benny's Pizza Pub, uh, which we're doing a live show there eventually. Woo-woo! Get ready for that, everybody. Um, uh, I was watching it with uh, my friend Kevin, who doesn't watch basketball. And uh, he's like, and you know, I haven't watched basketball in like 10 years. I'm like, okay, well, you should watch this. It's the end of the game. And then we watch, and he's like, okay, I get why people like this now. <laughs> so how crazy that was. He had that look in his eye like, uh, what have I been missing? Yeah. like that's And that's the first ever Game 7 buzzer beater shot to ever be made. So that's literally history, watching history. <laughs> See, I'm all about that, you know. I I don't know what it was what it was that turned me off to the NBA. It's it's just I think it was the super team mentality and uh I guess just historically speaking, there's there's probably less than a dozen NBA franchises that are worth being a fan of. Yeah. I mean, the Pistons are like The Pistons are one of them. They're in like the worst spot right now. But it's not looking good for their future, to be sure. Uh, nice new arena that they feel like strangers in, and mm-hmm. no one goes to the games. Cause the thing the is, franchise... the Pistons are like an, uh, an historic franchise. Yes, they are. You know, like they have the bad boys. They have the going-to-work Pistons. Won one championship, should have won two, could have won many. Mm-hmm. You know, it only one of the only, the only franchise that I can even think of that has won without a 
straight up superstar. But that will never happen again. That's what makes that so special. Yeah. Um, At least we because, got that. Because uh, I, it sticks in my memory. The Pistons beat the Pacers in Game Six, and the score was sixty-nine to sixty-five. Yeah, that you're never gonna see that again, people. <laughs> that's like a that's like a college score right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a high college score. But it was fun to watch. It, that, that was the best def- defense I've seen in a series ever. Yeah, I mean, hey, and it didn't even go seven games. Champ uh, Joe Dumars for putting that together. You know, I know he left. Uh, it did probably because Ben Gordon sucked, but Charlie Bell in a way was nothing to write home about either. But <laughs> you know, you don't always go out on top. Yeah, no GM ever does. If they leave, they're not good or anymore. At least they didn't change and adapt or were too slow to. Looking at you, Ken Holland. But thanks for uh, thanks for the memories. Thanks for the two cups, though. Yes. Uh, um. Uh, but you know, let's talk about the big college news for Michigan basketball. Are you a Michigan or Michigan State fan or do you not care? I don't care. Um, I, I, with basketball, I guess I'd lean State mm-hmm. uh, just because I I can respect and appreciate what Tom Izzo has done for as long as he's been there. He's yeah. a legend, no doubt. But the, there was another gentleman, uh, college coach in the state, uh, crafting quite the resume for himself. Yeah, Unfortunately, kinda... too good a resume. And uh, he's not there anymore. Yep. Uh, John Beeline has left Michigan to become the new coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, it's one of the more shocking news stories of the year because of how late this happened and because of, like, the team he's going to. And didn't he just ink an extension with Michigan last year? Yep, after interviewing for the Pistons job. Uh, But the Pistons uh, went with Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, who, you know, former Toronto Raptors coach. Um. Yeah, as a state fan, I find this hilarious <laughs> because you, you've got to be uh, reveling in this. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, we've pretty much owned them on the football field since Harbaugh's been there. I know they beat us this year, but uh, you know, I mean, not that I'm the biggest Mark D'Antonio fan. Or <laughs> I hope I said his name right because everyone always that's, says it wrong. That's it. <laughs> um, but uh, in the basketball court, they have. They have owned us, and I mean, with if you take away this year, this year we murdered them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he built a culture in Michigan, like turned Michigan into like, you know, they went to the finals like right. twice under him. Like that's crazy. They didn't win one, but you know, it's still very impressive. Michigan given. shouldn't win a finals because they don't get those kind of recruits. But his system and his development of players was unprecedented for Michigan. And you know it, it's honestly, I I it's sad to see him go, because I liked the rivalry and I liked seeing, like you because we don't got much in Detroit sports right now. No, but so, Michigan and Michigan State we can count on. That had become quite the rivalry, and unfortunately the Wolverines took a big hit. Yeah, we'll see what they replace him with, but still and did he like summon a Ouija board or something and you know does he know that the Cavs are going to secure the top pick and get Zion I don't know the Cavs get another goddamn first overall pick when they had LeBron they had Kyrie um, I think they had uh, Wiggins and and now they're going to get fucking Zion that would be of course it probably will happen to be of course as Pistons fans it's easy to begrudge teams for uh, 
doing well with their top picks. Yeah. Um, you know, if not the first overall pick, the second overall pick or something like that. Yeah. Uh, if if only the uh, the Pistons had uh, this kind of luck. Right. Like that year when we drafted Darko. Like there is like a lot of people saying like if we would have drafted Dwayne Wade, we would have had like so many more titles. We would have been like a dynasty. But even if we drafted Carmelo, I mean, I don't, right. maybe, maybe not with Carmelo because he would have. I don't think he's the type of player to thrown off the chemistry. Yeah, perhaps. But it is. So maybe there's a the question of the butterfly effect. Does that magical '04 run happen with Carmelo there? Yeah, who probably, knows? Probably not. Honestly, maybe it was a blessing to get Darko. The you know, human, we the got human that victory championship. cigar. Yeah, that's my dad always said. I think obviously mm. a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah. Still, what a bust. Uh, yeah. Probably second only to who's the dude taken before Jordan? Oh God. I feel like uh, we talked about this before, but I don't remember his name. But yeah, that's. I feel like that's the only one that can top Darko at two in that legendary in that, draft class. In that thing, I think Ryan Leaf was known as like the biggest bust of all time because it was was it who was taken after him was it peyton manning i or was it elway or something i don't remember i'm not i'm not very good with uh football history from when i didn't watch the sport or no one any is. any sport from when i didn't watch right. the sport talk to me in 15 years and i'll know everything so you know who really knows <laughs> uh, time will tell but In the meantime, it's it's hard to it's hard to say. Yeah, well, um, so the lottery tonight, like we mentioned, who do you? If it was a conspiracy, do you have any idea who the NBA wants to have the number one pick? Hmm. Or if you have any personal choices on who you want to have the number one overall pick, like who would be the best landing spot for Zion Williamson? Hmm. Probably the Pistons. You know? Well, they can't possibly get him. So, <laughs> if only, I don't know. Does the bit with the Cavaliers? You know, does, I don't think the NBA gives a shit about the Cavaliers because, as I mm. said, they're defined by LeBron. They've always, they always have been. Um, do they like that narrative of him being his successor and carrying that franchise back to glory eventually, to go along with their you know, accomplished new head coach? Who knows? Um, other franchises are in disarray that could use a shot in the arm. Uh, I know, uh, I know, the NBA would love it if the Knicks were ever relevant again. Yeah, that's my that's my question. Is like, would they? Like the Knicks haven't been good since I believe the mid seventies. Uh, in the nineties, they had a run. Um, they made a movie about it and everything. When uh, ESPN made a documentary for that thirty for thirty, when uh, the Pacers and the Knicks were both really good and. Reggie Miller was killing the Knicks, and Spike Lee was on the sidelines just uh, berating Reggie Miller. Um, so the, uh, as recently as the 90s, the Knicks were relevant. And, oh, okay. And Madison's... They haven't won since the 70s, mm -hmm. I think. Okay, so... Uh, all right, all right. So here are the odds. Um, these top three are the, have the same odds. Um, the Knicks, the Cavaliers, and the Phoenix Suns. I don't think the NBA gives a shit about the Phoenix Suns or the Cavaliers. If the Knicks were to land a young player like Zion Williamson, I think the NBA would be delighted because that's a major market. Uh, Madison Square Garden mm -hmm. is one of the few venues in basketball that is an attraction unto itself. They call it the mecca of basketball. Right. For that fan base to be invigorated with a new young talent coming in, 
I'm sure the NBA would be stoked about that. And it's and a it's, franchise. It's another franchise to look out for in the East, which could always use an infusion of talent. And it's speculation like that Kevin Durant is going there next year. Mm. Even though they have the worst owner in all of sports, probably. <laughs> um, but also, there was news that came out. To, well, we'll get to this news in a second. Um, uh, so then we got the next odds are at 12.5% of winning the number one overall pick of the Chicago Bulls. Could be interesting. I mean, a, Chicago a franchise, is, needs fran- to be reboosted. A franchise the NBA definitely cares about. One of those franchises I was talking about historically, like it's worth being a Bulls fan, though it's better if it's, you know, the early to late 90s right. and Michael Jordan's still there in his prime. Then we got, this is what most uh, people want number one pick to go to, the Atlanta Hawks, because they'll have Trey Young and Zion Williamson and a couple of young players. Um, that would be fun. Um, Atlanta is like a big city with like a lot of star power that could happen there. Indeed. Uh, then we got Washington at 9%. Uh, New Orleans at 6%. Oh, wouldn't that be hilarious if he goes to New Orleans? <laughs> and Anthony Davis might have to reconsider leaving. <laughs> um, Dallas, it was, I think this is personally where I want him to go. Um, at 6%. because They need a new face to the franchise. with. They uh, got a new face. Luka Doncic. Kristaps Porzingis and Zion Williamson, that would be fucking amazing. See, that goes to show how much I follow the <laughs> NBA. You say Dallas Mavericks, I think Dirk Nowitzki, and that's, that's <laughs> I it. I think he retired. <laughs> last year, right? Yeah, yeah. He okay. played last year. Yeah, so, so, so I'm, not, I'm not thinking of two years ago. Very good. <laughs> but, the, like, uh, I mean, I don't, you, I don't know how much you know about Luka Doncic, but he was, like, I mean, I watched a few of his games, and, like, I think that guy is really special. And then Kristaps Porzingis, the unicorn, he can come back from whatever the hell's going on with his off-field issues. That would be really fun. Um, then we got the Memphis Grizzlies in that mix. <laughs> yeah, dude, come on. Then we got the Memphis Grizzlies. Don't want him to go there. Minnesota Timberwolves. Don't want him to go there. Everything dies in Minnesota. <laughs> you want to believe in conspiracy theories? If the Los Angeles Lakers get him, you know this that, not that's yes, that's all I'm going to be talking that's, about for that's sports. That's the NBA week. intervening and coming to their rescue in their darkest hour because. They have somehow managed to make a debacle of this. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't think anyone expected the Lakers to, you know, challenge Golden State or win a championship. But but if they get Zion and then someone else is going to go there. Like, they get Zion and Kawhi. Yeah, they're the best team in the league. They get Zion and Klay Thompson. Yeah, they're the best team in the league. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Um, uh, then the Charlotte Hornets at 1%. Miami at 1% and Sacramento at 1%. Sacramento, I don't really know. Where, what is Ode Picks? Right, well, there's there's some other stipulations in here. I think there's a way that the, the, um, uh, the 76ers somehow get the number one overall pick because of traded picks. But Wow. The team that just went to the Eastern semifinals yeah. with uh, a nice nucleus themselves. That would be quite the coup for them. <laughs> What did I say I was going to talk about before this? Didn't I say something about the... I don't remember. About the Suns or something? The Suns who share the top odds with the Cavs and Suns, the Knicks. All right, so I have personal ties to Phoenix, so I'd be, I'd be really cool with Fair the Suns enough. getting him. And yeah, they already that's... have DeAndre Ayton, Jared Jackson, and um, fucking Devin Booker. Like, I don't understand how they're this bad, to be honest. Like, <laughs> Again, you say, you say Phoenix Suns. I think Steve Nash. I am yeah. perpetually stuck in 
yeah, 2007 you're, you're for the st- NBA. You're stuck in the NBA when the Pistons were good. Yes. <laughs> like that's when, Pre- when they... Because I, I, I was as fervent a Pistons fan as I mm. am now a Tigers fan. It's it's hard to believe, but it's just the league has not carried the, the same intrigue. And I just... Yeah, I, I know. I know what's going on though. You have like a vague, vague, over, yes. overcompassing idea, but if your personal favorite team isn't doing good, you're not paying much attention. Basically, and that's been the Pistons for over about a decade now. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, Pistons are—they're better than they were, but they're also way worse than they were in terms of their. Oh great, they made the playoffs. We didn't win a game. Detroit sports has not won a playoff game since. Uh, 2013 Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers were the last team to win a playoff. I, I believe you're right. Yeah, which is saying something because they haven't made the playoffs in five years themselves. So these are dark days in the Pistons, Motor City. Pistons broke the record for longest consecutive playoff losing streak. <laughs> which goes to show... That, that's that's, the, that's the value of tanking right there. And that goes to show how meaningless making the playoffs in either the NBA or the NHL is. Well, the NHL is an eighth seed, especially this year. We didn't even talk about the NHL. Are you, you're, are you an NHL fan? I do like the NHL, um, though I've barely been following the uh, the playoffs. I, I do know that the Blue Jackets did us a huge favor knocking out the Lightning when they did, which, pro- which probably helped bring Stevie Y back home even yep. sooner. But I've, I haven't been following it as, as much. I know the... Um, the St. Louis Blues are playing the... Blues are playing um, uh, the San Jose Sharks, which San Jose has won on ridiculous things for both their series. But, mm-hmm. um, and then it's the Boston is playing the Hurricanes. Right, right, right. Um, I've, I've attached myself to the Blues. Uh, this is like the first year in since the Red Wings were good. Like I'm similar to you with uh, how you are to basketball, to hockey. But I'm, I'm, but just now I'm starting to get back into hockey because uh, my roommate is really into hockey, so I've been watching hockey. Mm-hmm. I've attached myself to the Blues because they have, if not the best, one of the best logos in sports, I, in my opinion. It is cool. Yeah. That, that, uh, and I like, I like weird notes. things like that. And it's, it's, and it's just a great name. Like, it's what New Orleans jazz could be, but yeah. it's dumb. And instead, the jazz play in uh, uptight, conservative Utah. When, right. New, when New Orleans Jazz would be one of the best team names in sports. Right. Um, Alas, uh, we can't have good things. And and another cool thing about the Blues, they had the worst record in all of hockey in January, yet made the playoffs and are in the top of the Beer number two, entertainment. Well, this is what you've all been waiting for as I grab my second beer. Uh-huh. John, as a Facebook post I saw from you the other day, fire and blood. Fire and blood, indeed. Uh, if you guys don't want Game of Thrones spoilers, stop listening because stop you're, listening you're right getting now. all of them. Indeed, there will be no nothing held back in this discussion up to the minute from this penultimate episode. So if you're you know still on the Red Wedding, so I read then the get sy- out of here. I read the synopsis for the final episode. And uh, this, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving right now, and you're gonna talk to Stella for the remainder of the, the podcast. No, I would never do that to myself. But the the Pentelton episode, as you said, has completed. It was called the Bells. 
uh, aptly named. Um, so before we get into anything, overall thoughts, what do you think? I am not entirely sure how I feel about it yet. Um, I do know this. I, I need to watch. I haven't watched it since Sunday night. I need to rewatch it again. Mm. But one thing that I don't think will change, however many times I watch it, I like what they're trying to say. I, I like how they're trying to end the story. That at least is very much in the spirit of Game of Thrones. I don't think the show has lost its uh, soul because I, I think they, tr- they whether or not they pulled it off and it was as effective as it could have been is absolutely debatable. But the point they're trying to make is violence begets violence. And however much Daenerys talked about breaking the wheel, the wheel cannot be broken. Mm. And hopefully... Hopefully this series ends with, not not for the sake of uh, me being a fan of her for so long, until now, obviously I can't defend her actions, but she needs to remain on the throne and you know, when the final reel ends, just to prove that nothing ever changes. And well, I can promise you that's not going to happen. You don't think so? No way, dude. No way. See, <laughs> I, I feel like it, if people are pissed off now... I feel like that would be an ultimate cop out if, yeah, she's gonna finally get what's hers and, and compromise everything she wanted to be to do so. But we'll immediately correct the problem by killing her and putting Jon Snow on the throne or something on the throne or something like that. Jon Snow is getting the throne, and I've said this for years now, just because like it seems so clear to how this is going to end, and I haven't been wrong about much this final season. And yeah, Jon Snow is going to get the throne. He's the rightful heir. He is, but I, he, as he's made clear time and time again, he doesn't want it. I think he's gonna, he's gonna forever forsake Daenerys, and march back to Castle Black to rebuild the Wall and the Night's Watch. Because that's yeah, because that's, that's fun that's, for that's, a series finale. But it to me that would have resonance. That would have power. And that's what I want out of the finale. Um, I honestly, I'm kind of floored at some of the criticism from the first episodes. Uh, season eight has not been the strongest, but some people are seeming impossible to please. To to paraphrase yeah. Tyrion to Sansa, you seem determined to not like her. Some people are determined to not oh, like her. Oh yeah, this. you know, no show that ends is going to end and satisfy everybody. People do not appreciate uh, how hard it is to end a TV show. Like there is one that I can think of that ever ended where I was like pretty much fully satisfied, and that's just Breaking Bad. Breaking Breaking Bad is if a show is only as good as its final season, then the only great shows ever made are The Shield and Breaking Bad. Never seen The Shield, but yeah, agree if, with Breaking Bad. If a show is only as good as its, if a show is only get is on, the only. Mm, start over if the definition of a great show is a show that gets better season after season then breaking bad is the only great show ever made i mean breaking bad i think like in terms of storytelling in terms of all all around it's not my favorite genre but all around greatness like it's just a perfect show besides never mind i forgot about my favorite show of all time the leftovers (laughs) i was about to say are you forsaking the leftovers (laughs) but the leftovers yeah also i think ended perfectly but uh yeah, Game of Thrones, 
it's been the biggest thing in my life since 2013 when I started getting into it and reading the books and stuff. We can debate the quality of the writing the last two seasons all we want. We can, you know, criticize the decisions Benioff and Wise have made, but Game of Thrones' legacy was cemented years ago. Yeah. How many shows have a run of six seasons like Game of Thrones did to start? For, for me, and this is why I don't think I'm as disappointed as people. For me, I think Game of Thrones reached the mountaintop in season six. Uh, was that the season where Cersei blew up everything the, at the end? Cersei blew up the Sept, the Battle of the Bastards, Hold the Door, Daenerys conquers, yeah, what a, what Daenerys a conquers the Unsullied, Jon Snow comes back to life. Mm-hmm. For, and, and here's here's my bit, and, and, for, and to begin, when, when did everyone become screenwriting experts? Right. Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, there's questionable decisions made, but it is not bad writing because Jamie Lannister can swim out of a lake covered in armor. It is not bad writing because Euron Greyjoy shoots down Rhaegal, but all those bolts miss Daenerys. Mm. Plot armor is as old as the Odyssey. Um, I I read some review um, chiding people for going on and on about plot armor. Congratulations. You have identified the characters the author has chosen to write a story about. Mm. I don't think... Plot armor is necessary and I'll defend it till the day I die. (laughs) I don't think... Like, I don't think the uh, whole thing is bad writing at all. I think it's rushed writing because uh, D&D, David, whatever, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. They knew how this series ended from just George R.R. Martin told them at the beginning how Mm -hmm. this series concludes. And uh, the thing that pisses me off is that HBO wanted them to make more episodes, and they just said no. So this whole last season, it's not bad writing. It's super goddamn rushed writing. Like? Like, ridiculously rushed writing. It was even the case last season, but say what you will, you know, with all the rushed writing and beyond the wall, that episode suffered from it the most. But the significance of Viserion's death is not lost on you. It, and it's beautifully shot. It's wonderfully executed. It's just getting to that moment, a lot of... Um, it feels very contrived. But the moment itself is like, holy fuck. They glanced... An, another dragon died, and they glanced right over it. I mean, it, I, don't, it, I, don't, I don't know if I totally agree, but... um, Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Are you, are you saying that negatively or positively? Uh, negatively. I, okay, I, did, gotcha. I did not then like... I, then I do agree. <laughs> I did not like how they handled Rhaegal's death. And yeah. I read and I did read something. Now, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the Bells yet, but I will say no one would be questioning Daenerys' motives and her decision if it played out like this. I, I read this in a review, and honestly, I-, I tuned out a lot of the criticism after The Long Night because I loved The Long Night. I loved The Long Night, too. I, I-, I, thought I think the- it was the best episode, the best thing I've ever seen it in was my a- life. The Long Night was a masterpiece. Um, yeah. You couldn't see it. Um, maybe get off your... Uh, TV from 1997 and buy a modern television and appreciate uh, a harrowing and nightmarish feel. Yeah, no, it was like a fucking straight up, it was like fantasy mixed with zombies. Like, the only thing I was pissed about was that Rick Grimes didn't come in there on a helicopter and show them <laughs> how to not, kill the zombies. He's not on The Walking Dead anymore, <laughs> but I, I loved The Long Night. And when that was mixed, and when, when that was met with mixed uh, reviews, I was like, are you, are you fucking serious? But some of the, but a lot of the criticism of the last two episodes has had merit, but and no one will be questioning Daenerys' motives if Rhaegal died during the siege of King's Landing. 
which is what, what one reviewer said that Regal should have survived the attack on the ships. They take out the fleet. They capture Masande. Masande dies. That that all stays. So Daenerys is pissed. She's pushed to the brink. Then they're attacking King's Landing. Daenerys on Drogon. Uh, Jon Snow on Rhaegal. And then, during the attack on King's Landing, Rhaegal dies. She watches another one of her babies goes go down. She maybe Jon Snow is like wounded. We don't know what happened to him. Yeah, we don't know what happened to him. And, and a double whammy. She sees that. She loses it and fuck this. I'm burning King's Landing and killing yeah. half of its inhabitants. Yeah, this is exactly my point. Like, like I think the the last the, this last season should have been two ten episode seasons and could have been. And there's no there's we would other, not other than these two writers that didn't want to do it anymore making this the last season. Mm-hmm. There is no reason not to have these last two seasons be once. Because imagine this this season we're on right now, just this whole big build up to the the long night mm-hmm. episode. Like, cause you know that needed to be a season finale. Like, I don't, I don't, or 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 the like the episode like traditionally with Game of Thrones episode nine with one episode to yeah. uh, rebuild, but like it's too much to go from that straight to this other war with only three episodes. And then like then you have this whole season like the so theoretically season uh, eight where it's building up to everyone's slowly betraying Daenerys. And like she's realizing that she's not loved over here, like she said, mm-hmm. and like it's more believable that it, that, pro- that that she can snap like that. The problem is that in season seven and season eight, and they they even talked about this openly when they talked about these truncated seasons, only seven or six episodes. It's it, they talked about it having a movie feel. It would feel like you know getting seven short movies or six short movies. Mm. That's great, except it's inconsistent with the first six seasons yeah. which play out with typical TV dramatic beats um, right. slower pacing more um, developed storytelling and some of it has been a feast for the odds uh, I, I would say at least half of the episodes of season 7 were great uh, uh, the spoils of war where Daenerys sacks the uh, the uh, the money loot the, the loot train coming back from uh, High Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finale was really good. Uh, Queen's Justice, where what's her, uh, the Queen of Thorns finally dies. It had great moments, but the pacing is inconsistent with the series up to that point, and it feels different. Yeah, it, it's definitely ending on a very different note. And I, mean, I think we can just say that like it's aesthetically pleasing. The acting is phenomenal, no doubt. Um, the direction is also phenomenal. And the symbolism is equally phenomenal. It's just the the rushed. It's not lazy writing. It's rushed writing. Like they have to cram this whole con- conclusion into uh, six episodes when they've been doing ten the whole time. Like it just it's it it's that's what that's what I, pisses I'm... me off. Is that why would they stray from this thing that's working? And just because these two people can't or don't want to write mm-hmm. it anymore, like okay, well fine. Find somebody else because people can write this shit. And maybe, Indeed, maybe they can't know the ending. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's contractually obligated. So maybe HBO was forced by D and D to do this. But come on, now I don't I don't I don't want to give them too much flack because they are certainly catching it right now. Uh, and, it, and it should be noted that before David Benioff and David Wise uh, ruined Game of Thrones. Uh, they also created Game of Thrones yeah. uh, about a decade ago, and 
uh, for all the uh, scrutiny their writing has come under. Uh, they also wrote several great scenes not in the books. And mm-hmm. beyond that, as anyone who's seen Ender's Game or Aragon will tell you, great source material does not necessarily mean it's going to be a great series. Right. So, I mean, yeah, they still do you have a lot. to give you have to give them credit for at least the first six seasons. I give them credit, but I just also like it makes me even more mad that they built this thing that's so important and then they just are like letting it end like this and like just the fact that HBO offered them more like they I think what I what I've read at least came out they offered them the whole ten episodes for this season mm-hmm. but they didn't want to do that and I can't understand why it is, they didn't want it to is do baffling. That. That's that's offensive. We, we almost we only need six episodes. Like no, you you clearly need maybe, a lot more than this. Yeah, maybe you only need six, but do we deserve more? I think so. Like but. And, and 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 it makes no realistic sense why they couldn't extend it because this show just makes money. It's a juggernaut. It's a global it, phenomenon, and we haven't had this. It's the biggest. Ever. It's the biggest show HBO has ever had, and HBO is the network. That made television an art form. Yeah, it's, people, it's people, the people, biggest show ever of all time. Like in terms of everything, like popularity, and, and, scope. Uh, if if not overall quality, but there's still something to be said for popularity and scope. It might be better, or not better, bigger than like Lord of the Rings. I'm not positive on that fact. It's lasted. It's lasted longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings played out in three years. Game of Thrones has been going on for. And the other thing is. Before those movies were made, those books were written, uh, you know, yeah. sixty years before the events, you know, before the films came out. So it was, it was older material that was revolutionized brilliantly for a, a new audience. Whereas uh, before we got to like season six, Game of Thrones, the the show was being made while the books were being written. Right. So there was the added aspect of the speculation, the fan theories. Right. And that grows and grows. And that's also playing into a lot of the backlash, I think, is is, is that so much of it is um, being left by the wayside and people's expectations are being uh, shattered because yeah. it's not it's not playing out the way they expected. Right. Like, I mean, and I just think like it's not playing out the way it's going to play out in the books. Like there's still two more books to be written. Um, which, you know, I mean, that's a different, whole different argument about, like, how fucking slow this guy is at writing. See, that's the thing. Like, everyone on planet, save for one, is welcome to criticize uh, Beanie Off and Wise all they want for the last two seasons, except George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. because we would not be having this problem, dude, if, at, at least the Winds of Winter. Like, I, I, yeah. they talked about the Winds of Winter being done two or three years ago. And and I'm sure I'm sure, and, and then if you have that done, maybe you have a draft or the beginning of a dream right. of spring for them for being up and wise to um, play off of. Um, it just it makes me wish I didn't read or didn't watch these watch the show because of how it's how rushed the ending is. Like I was I loved everything. I, I still love this season. Like I still love everything that I'm seeing. I just I'll, I'll tell you one just, thing. Just there's just holes in it whatever the quality of the episodes my eyes been glued to the screen the whole time my heart's been palpitating and i have not once checked my phone so there's something to be said for that that's true but and bottom line the show's place in tv history was cemented years ago uh, no yeah, right end, after the red wedding no ending can 
ruin can it. Ruin that. Hopefully, it's, it's an, it's an, it's unless an, they look to the camera and say like, hey, "You thought this would happen," and then Ned Stark wakes up. This has been a terrible dream. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those memes. Yeah, that would be fucked up. I wouldn't be a fan, but uh, sure. I, honestly, I kind of want that to happen. <laughs> just as the ultimate fuck you to uh, to everyone to society you know <laughs> fuck it all this is what you get for investing this heavily in uh, a TV series <laughs> alright so we've talked about a lot of the reaction to the episode but we haven't really talked much about the episode itself indeed so it opens fairies writing letters to what I assume are all the major houses right about Aegon Targaryen, Targaryen. aka Jon Snow being the rightful heir to the throne and uh, that little girl. Who was also seen in the crypts uh, during the long night. Ooh. So apparently that's a that's an informant he found at Winterfell or one he's had for a long time. Or yeah. uh, he's, he's had informants throughout the Seven Kingdoms the, the entire run of the series. So maybe mm-hmm. he's just now meeting her or something. But Yeah, so like obviously one of his children, like the little birds that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually... You know, Tyrion reveals to da- Danny that, um, and that's the first sign you get really of Danny being changed. Yes, and like, it's it's an it's an. Uh, and her first an, immediate thought is Jon Snow. It's like someone's betrayed mm-hmm. you, and he's she's like Jon Snow. So she clearly doesn't trust anyone. And is a little bit manic. Indeed, and it, that sets the that's that's it's an instance where you know her authority is being questioned, her. Her birthright is being denied and supposed birthright. And that can, and I see that leading to questionable decision making and compromised morals. Does it lead to burning who knows how many innocent, thousands of innocent people? Debatable. But, mm. you know, it, they, they tried to plant the seeds and show how she deteriorated morally. I mean, like, this show's moral compass revolves around Tyrion Lannister and Jon Snow. And Jon Snow's more of a loyal version of it, and Tyrion's trying to show, like... A pragmatic like, like uh, approach. Yeah, but still being loyal, but challenging. Mm-hmm. And then there's, then there's Sansa, who is just straight up like, I know what's right, and this this is clearly wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they have I, I do feel like they've kind of cheated Sansa and just she, she, she's too smart she's too she's too all knowing and it's like I, I get through She's I guess she's been through a lot you know she learned the game from Littlefinger but mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like she's lacking some depth here and, and she wasn't actually in this episode she wasn't in that episode this is the first episode that didn't have any Winterfell in it this season indeed uh, all the action on Dragonstone and King's Landing Mm. A lot, a lot. That's all. The, the, the other different thing about this season is it's been just straight up one or two places. Indeed, like, I'm and, pretty and, sure that's this. Uh, I remember the first episode also had King's Landing. Technic, it technically, like, it had it technically it had the last hearth. Yeah. And Dragonstone is a different location, but it's and I, I like this to where the scope has the scope is narrowed, and it, it started out with just. Winterfell, King's Landing, and across the Narrow Sea. And then mm-hmm. we haven't been in Essos since season six. Um, but the heart of the show was always Winterfell and King's Landing. And that's... Right. And, the, and the wall. Yeah. And that's almost entirely where they've been. Uh, it's where everything important has happened. Indeed. Really. I mean, you know, relatively. People from there or whatnot. Right, right. I mean, it's, it shows about the Starks, the Lannisters, and Daenerys. 
That's about it. Like everyone else is just side characters. Pretty much. So um uh and then they burn Varys alive. Mm-hmm. And clearly he, he takes it well. No <laughs> screams or anything, so props to him. But uh Yeah, that's the first sign of her falling off the cliff Turning and in. fulfilling her mad queen destiny. Mm-hmm. First sign that perhaps the coin is landed on madness. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think everyone could see where this was going. Runs like the being the big catalyst. To everything was John being Danny's nephew. Mm-hmm. Like that's in John being from the north and not being uh, <laughs> prone to incest. Mm-hmm. Though I do think it's a mistake for him not to marry Danny and like they, they could rule and in, in, in theory it sounds perfect they could rule the realm together and and they could like they could have ruled the realm together and picked their next successor because Danny can't have children after what the uh that that's what she claimed in Dragon and the Wolf the last episode of season 7 and Jon Snow is quick to uh say are, are you sure that witch is a reliable source of information and I am surprised that that has not played out to where she has, to where she has not gotten pregnant. Um, that yeah. is a development I think everyone saw coming to where even lists of the likelihood of death of each character would include mm-hmm. John and Daenerys' child, which, as it turns out, is a non-factor at this point. I, I, my question is, uh, being a Baratheon fan, where the hell was Gendry? Indeed. Uh, Lord of what, Storm's End now? Well, yeah, rusting, uh, you know... Um, Getting the rust out at Storm's End, cleaning things up. Uh, I still think you're yeah, we have sworn. So much to talk about. I still, I still think you're sworn to uh, Danny, dude, and you sat out uh, a pretty good scrap. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, that that battle was an onslaught. But uh, leading up to the battle, what else? What else did we miss? We haven't talked about before. Just uh, yeah, when John went to Danny's chambers and oh yeah, this uh, is important. It was clear that. Uh, yeah, the fire had gone out in their relationship, and uh, the fire and, didn't go out. It just can't, can't uh, rekindle. Nope. And because John is a man, like they explained with Tyrion and uh, Varys' conversation in the episode prior, like the, the northern men aren't prone to that kind of stuff, and John is not down with incest. Whoever is That's the only reason that whoever they're not his, fucking. Whoever his biological father was. At the end of the day, you know whatever, whatever blood says, Ned Stark was his father. He is yeah. he is Ned Stark's son, just like he and, was he was Theon's father, right? And he he doesn't look like a Targaryen, doesn't talk like a Targaryen, mm. really isn't. Hey, those Stark genes yep. are dominant. Mm-hmm. What, whatever. Anna Stark, oh my heart, mm. as Robert Baratheon's reincarnate. <laughs> I'm in Good. love with Lyanna Stark. <laughs> it, as you should. Unfortunately, she will never love you back. Yeah, I know. She's in love with some fucking sexy blonde guy. <laughs> Who's married to some Dornish bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, comes Ober, here comes Oberyn Martell to spear me through the face now. Yeah. Well, don't worry. The mountain's here. Which we also need to talk about because there was the Clegane Bowl. Uh, Clegane Bowl, which some have called the greatest Game of Thrones fan theory and the one that played out the most uh, satisfyingly. And I, I would agree with that. It was a great scene. That that scene I felt terrific about. And it was 
even to the point of them hearkening back to Oberyn Martell with like, oh, fuck, is he going to crush uh, the hound's skull? Fortunately, it's a little bigger skull, and yeah. he didn't he didn't entirely blind him. He could still see out of one eye and push him to his death. I loved that scene until Sandor. Like, all right, so I loved that scene when, like, they're like, you must defend your queen. And then Kyburn's like, you must defend your queen. And then he just fucking throws him. Kills him. Unceremonious end, but deserved. And Cersei comically just walks past because these two brothers have, have this much built up tension. Uh-huh. And, and I loved it until Sandor stabbed Gregor right through the fucking brain, eye and brain. And it's like, I mean, I know it's fantasy, but like, I don't know. It's a little like, what is this guy? Just a fucking zombie? Oh, yeah, clearly he is just a zombie. How, how do you kill him? Hopefully right. by pushing him off a burning tower into a yeah, great fire sh- below. That should not kill him if that's the case. Maybe maybe Gregor Clegane is actually the final villain, <laughs> but I'm sure it's Daenerys. But um, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, no, that was that was a big moment. And right, right before that happened, when like they're going in him and Arya are going in and like everything's crumbling and he's like you 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 should go like if you want to live you should go then Arya says his actual name doesn't call him the hound Sandor that was beautiful that was perfect those two uh Rory McCann and Maisie Williams their chemist and their chemistry from the start every scene they were in Mm -hmm. and you look back on season four you look back on season four how little they actually did it didn't matter because they were that good together. The chemistry was that off the yeah. charts, and their their relationship is one of the triumphs of the series. It yeah. was fun to watch from the very beginning. And then we get the whole Arya thing. Like I know we're skipping a bunch in the middle, but we follow. Arya She's our story. guide through the wreckage, the um, the decimation of King's Landing. It, it it none of us know what Pompeii was like, but have to imagine it was something like that yeah dude it was like you just see Arya realizing how fucked up all this is and you know trying to save these people from mm-hmm. someone she has sworn allegiance to or at least her brother has sworn allegiance to someone she thought was the good guy someone she thought would mm-hmm. not be like cersei and, and she's legitimately scared because yeah she doesn't she doesn't fear death but what do we tell death not today <laughs> and then we see here at the very last shot, like our last scene of, of the episode, a white horse is just there, still randomly alive. And um, reading some things, I think that the of the uh, Four Horsemen of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. death is ridden on a white horse. Ooh, that's that's deep. And I'm pretty sure to, or that Arya is going to be the one that's going to kill Daenerys. If, it's if, either her if or Jon Snow. If anyone was built up to do it, it's Arya. They, you know, she killed the Night King. She, she shut those uh, mm-hmm. blue eyes. Uh, she ki- she killed Walter Frey with brown eyes. I think Daenerys has green eyes. Cersei had green eyes. Everyone assumed it would be Cersei. Instead, she. I think Daenerys does have green eyes in the show. In the book, she has purple eyes, of in, course. But... Indeed, which wouldn't align with uh, the events of the books. But I, I, honestly, I think that's too predictable. I wouldn't like that. It's too predictable. This whole this whole last season has been super predictable. Other than I didn't see Arya killing the Night King. That was the only thing that was that was about, I was about to say. Like that's the only thing that hasn't been predictable is that Arya was the one. Like everyone thought it would be John. It, it was built up ever since Hardhome mm-hmm. that they were mortal enemies. 
it would have to be them head to head and they even set it up uh, they, they, they try to set up the potential set, um, showdown at the Battle of Winterfell, but he raised a bunch of zombies to come stand mm-hmm. in his way. But yeah, it means honestly, it couldn't have been John because John's a sword fighter. So if you're gonna have a one-on-one battle, like where any Valerian steel or dragonglass touches the Night King, they immediately disintegrate. John just easily wins that battle. Like, exactly. That's why you had to have a sneaky bitch like Arya come in there and try to sneak up and stab and then drop. Stab, see, and people called it anticlimactic. And did you, that was did, epic. Did, did you not watch the entire episode before where uh, they were getting their ass kicked? Mm-hmm. They were getting fucking swamped, uh, and it looked lost before that right. moment. I get the idea of like, like I don't understand why they didn't kill off Brienne, especially because I don't think she's gonna have anything to do with the series, or why they didn't. now that Jamie's dead. Yes, uh, what is her purpose? Right, uh, like. I mean, just protecting Sansa from what? Like, yeah, I, I, I unless do. Daenerys is going to send people north to try to kill Sansa, which I wouldn't put past her because she knows Sansa betrayed her, and now she's the Mad Queen, and maybe John needs some more shit to know to kill her. Yeah, maybe she try to install John as the well. He already is one. Beer number three. How the president grabbed me. Where did my third Here it go? is. Oh, why, it why, is. Why was it out of there? Good question. You uh, you handed it to me to so I could read. Oh my bad. <laughs> and let everyone know what you were drinking. So it has not been staying cold, but based on touch, I'd say you're still Gucci Mane. Uh, based on care, I'd say I don't give a shit. Beer is beer. Um. So last Game of Thrones thoughts, John. Um. What do you think is going to happen in this next episode? I think this is purely. Wish fulfillment in the way I want it. Uh, da- Daenerys will live, but somehow Drogon will die. I wonder what's the point of killing off two. You're gonna kill, go bigger, go home. Two dragons have died. Why not a third? Which and then John and Tyrion will both forsake her, and Tyrion will sail across the narrow sea to buy a vineyard in Essos. John will go back to the Wall to do the one thing he was best at, uh, protecting the Wall and manning the wall and Daenerys will have the throne she'll have everything she'll ever wanted but she will have no allies and it'll be a a purely Pyrrhic Pyrrhic a victory an empty victory I just that just sounds like the worst ending I could possibly think of I don't know why you think that's gonna happen because it's powerful man (laughs) and it it, I I like the scent like the wire ended like this with I've never seen it so don't spoil it but I've, I've seen, life goes I've seen, on I'm like halfway yeah. through it Our, good keep that shit up but life goes on and I, I want it to be an ending where it'll feel like nothing changed god I mean I don't think I don't know if that's how you tell stories I don't I don't believe in that at least <laughs> I don't but, know if George but, R. R. Martin believes in that considering he is influenced hardly or like massively by uh, J.R.R. Mm-hmm. Tolkien mm-hmm. and whatnot. like I don't I think that but it, what's it, the point of writing about something that doesn't it's, change? It's, it's a meditation on life. I don't yeah. know. How much, how much do things ever really change? An, an appropriate sentiment as we get into politics. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, uh, so it's on to politics. Indeed. Um, <laughs> we have some uh, people walking in right now. They're not in the studio quite yet. And I'm not sure if they will come in here. But anyways, uh, the president grabbed me. How are you feeling about the president these days? 
Not the greatest. Um, new tariffs coming, I'm told. Yeah, what do you think about those? The Chinese tariffs are <laughs> right, right here. He's claiming a tariff on 100% of all the products brought in by the Chinese, which is pretty much only going to hurt consumers. Exactly. From what I've heard about this, this basically wipes out any of the benefits of his uh, his much celebrated tax reform. Right. Apparently, uh, you know, what, what, his much celebrated tax reform is only for the goddamn rich people. So, who, who? Uh, that's his constituency, though. So, as far as he's concerned, that's no his constituency because there's not a lot of rich people. There's just well, a lot more and, racist and uh, and poor white people who will not question. Will his, not vote his, for a his woman. business expertise, and yeah, won't vote for a woman. Won't vote for a woman. Though I don't think um, the Democrats will do that again in 2020. What vote for a woman? Have a woman as the lead candidate. It, it seems like the field Ooh. the field is decidedly uh, male. Interesting, because uh, out of the uh, primary candidates, my favorite is a woman. Who? Uh, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Um, Elizabeth Warren. Ah, uh, yes, Elizabeth Warren. And you, you uh, got a you got a deciding uh, Democratic primary contestant that you want. From from what I know about him, I like Beto. Um, okay. He's got charisma. It, He's it, got like everything except for the policy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to uh, be a president. Yeah, it, young and what what he did in Texas is. You can't ignore it for him to come that close to beating Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe I'm just uh, taken by the cult of personality, but I like him. Um, well, what if I told you Elizabeth Warren has never lost an election in her life? That's encouraging. All right. Anyways, go on. <laughs> you, you need that this kind of This is going to be my time kind of con- to convince you to jump on the Warren G train. Hey, I'm, re- I'm receptive to a, a good a good argument. All right, so uh, go on. That's all I got. Oh. <laughs> How do you feel about Biden, the Bi- front runner so far? Biden is, uh, without throwing it back to Game of Thrones too much, I'm told he's just he's, he's the Cersei Lannister of the field. He's, he, he, he is the living embodiment of the, of the institution. Oh, yeah. He, he, he knows the ins and outs. He's, he knows Washington at the back of his hand. Is he today's man? Is the thing? I don't think so, and I think like just like Hillary, like you know, people want to blame Hillary's loss on be- her being a woman and her faux corruptness, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think that's why. I think it's because people uh, didn't believe in her, just like they're not going to believe in Joe Biden. Yeah, like, the only but- what Biden has on his side is that he was vice president to the most popular president in. A, in American history, his his attachment to Obama will obviously you know uh, rally a lot of Democrats. Yeah, he already released an they, ad with just with it was just Obama quotes, nothing about policy, just Obama mm-hmm. quotes. Like, <laughs> come on. But w- will Joe Biden bring in any? And, and with him being significantly closer to center mm-hmm. than guys like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, yeah. still just by virtue of his association with Obama, how many? fringe on the fence Republicans are going to jump for Joe Biden. Right. I mean, I don't know. I think Joe Biden is like the rich, the rich Democrat. It's like a pick and like, he's going to get the most money because the people with the most money are going to donate to him. Cause he's probably not going to 
have any extreme tax policies. But candidates like my, my personal favorite, Elizabeth Warren, and then like my second choice would be Bernie Sanders. Like those candidates just they just swing a bigger bat with the younger crowd. You know, like they're talking they're talking about issues that are being felt by our generation, money, right, and tax reform, and the ridiculousness of wealth. You know, like, like especially Elizabeth Warren's. She's like she's one of the only candidates releasing policy right now, and I don't know if that's because her numbers are low, or that she is trying a different strategy than most. Um, but and I don't care. I like everything she's saying. Like her um, student debt forgiveness plan. Like she's gonna forgive the student debt of everybody, and make in at the same time make uh, like community colleges and whatnot free, and she's gonna pay for it by taxing the richest of people, people making over fifty million dollars, a two percent tax rate, and it'll pay for everything. I can think of no Which, better way to galvanize the youth of America. Right, and also like. You can argue that that's not fair. I, I, I get that. But you can't argue that that alone isn't going to super jump the economy when you free up this much money for young people that are spending. Like, let's say you're spending like $250 a month on student loans. Like, uh, maybe you'll save it, but I think most people will probably spend it doing stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna perhaps just... go to the bar or maybe go back to movie theaters or, right. you know, take extended vacations and long trips and tip 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 a little bit a couple extra bucks because you don't have to worry about money you know like it's just gonna all around it's gonna do good things and it doesn't feel like an insurmountable climb from out out from under your debt my question is like why are people why would anyone be against that unless you're one of those people that are getting taxed like that i guess that like you like i said you can argue the fairness clause but it's very. Is it really fair to have that much money? Like, and you probably, you're probably a little smarter than people that don't have that much money, and you probably work a little harder. But do you work that much harder, or were you just presented with the right situation at the right time? And would it really hurt your pocketbooks to pay a bit more than, you know, the average Joe Schmo? Right. Uh, is it gonna hurt you? That much to uh, let this money that you just hide away just for economic social value you know, status. Uh, I don't know, it just you just pisses me off. I don't blame you remotely yet. How do you feel about abortion? How I feel about abortion is that uh, it's something I don't need to worry about because I will never unintentionally impregnate a woman. And beyond whoa, 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 that's a lot of confidence there, son. Uh, I won't, because I'm, <laughs> I'm responsible and not an idiot. But oh god! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but beyond that, as a man, it's not my business. I yeah. I don't presume to tell women what to do with their bodies. I feel uh, the exact same way, and uh, I feel it with all humans. Like I'm not one that's going to regulate you do anything with your bodies. And this might be a little controversial fact that I tend to have. Like, um, I believe in vaccines, and uh, likewise, and you know, I think sorry, Jenny McCarthy. I think you should get them, but I'm never ever going to support any legislation that makes them mandatory. 
because I am not in the position of telling people what to do with their bodies. Exactly. I'll criticize the Jenny McCarthys of the world all the live long day, but I'm not going to mandate something like that uh, that I would not get behind. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. We're we're in agreement then. (laughs) Um, uh, Abort your babies, vax your bodies. (laughs) You know, everyone should have an abortion, right? Like, you know, just to try it. Stop shy of that. Um, There, I I can't really agree with you, Nick, but I feel like we're, until you said that, I felt like we were of the the like mind. (laughs) I think we are. I'm just trying to make a stupid ass joke. I'm trying to get ready for Benny's, so I got to try to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing, so mission accomplished. (laughs) Um, But unfortunately, uh, those down in the Peach State don't share our views, or at least the, the important ones. Georgia passed what is being called the heartbeat bill where uh, I believe, and I could be wrong, so don't hold me to the flame for this, but uh, after a six weeks of, or six weeks of pregnancy, it'll be like a felony to get an abortion. A felony. Which is so ass backwards, in it's, my opinion. That's so stuck in 1700s backwards. And it, sound, it's, it sounds like it's forced forcing like beliefs upon people because who knows when a soul enters a body i personally believe that a soul enters a body when you can make a choice or a decision not when you just you know there's unfortunately there's just such and it's too bad i've been to atlanta and atlanta's a great city um I mean, this it, is not, Atlanta did not push this through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Atlanta's a great city. It's the rural very, areas. Very, very hip, um, very progressive. A lot, uh, you know, a lot of people you wouldn't think you'd see in the South. But unfortunately, the, st- the rest of the state, uh, by uh, my friend Jeremy's admission, who lived there, um, stuck in a different time and very yeah. Bible Belt. And there's a large group there who who won't hear out this discussion on conception. And anything yeah, dude, pertaining just, to the science of this. Right. Like, I mean, you know, like <laughs> nothing can be proven. Like you can't prove, you can't prove that even you have a soul or even you, you can prove you're alive or you're living. Yeah, you're I'm, a living, I'm, I'm thing, a living organism. But you're, but you're also made up of a bunch of other living organisms, mm-hmm. you know, like, like what makes... <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm weird of using this, but what makes human lives more important than any other fucking life? Like, I think what makes a soul the ability to have a choice, like to be able to choose free to will. do something. Yeah, free Absolutely. will. Like, I, I'm a believer in free will. I know a lot of people aren't, but I believe in free will, and I think that's what uh, a soul does. Is it's the driver of the body, and you know, a tiny or or. You know, and even if that's true, like something that's not born yet, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I'm sorry that it, sorry to be blunt, but it doesn't it's, it's, fucking matter. It's really blunt, <laughs> but um, bottom line, it's it's not my place or anyone's really to uh, deprive a woman of that opportunity and. Uh, did you see where Alyssa Milano is calling for a sex strike? Uh, yeah, uh, in Georgia. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as it's not in Michigan. They can't, or anywhere they, I am. <laughs> they, they can't take the chance, and uh, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, the thing is, like, it's not just men that voted that through in Georgia. It's a lot of women. 
Indeed, it, it's it's a, it's a different culture down there, and the idea of states' rights sounds good on paper. You know, it's it's good if we're talking about you know Arizona. You know, you know, I have no problem with it if Arizona wants to make it illegal to feed garbage to a pig without a permit. Seems weird. I don't know why you need to put that into law, but, you know, whatever. Do your thing, Arizona. But yeah. you put, when you take it to this level and you're depriving people of reproductive rights, mm-hmm. then you've stepped the line and then the idea of states' rights doesn't sound so You're swell. making abortions. You're not eliminating abortions. You're making them dangerous and illegal. They're still going to happen. They have happened before when they were illegal, and they will continue happening. This is no different than I just now you know. And especially like, like I, I mean, I, I'm talking on my ass right now. Like I always say this when I say something I can't like cite the sources on, but uh, I'm pretty sure like if you have a miscarriage, it can be investigated. Really, like regardless of whether or not it's an abortion or not. Uh, you know, and that is so traumatic in itself, especially talk if you about want ins- the kid. Talk about insult to injury. Uh, uh, you know, you've just suffered a miscarriage. You, you thought you were going to have a child and it didn't happen. And, you know, while in grief, you're greeted with, you know, people poking into something that is frankly not mm. their business and asking about the circumstances when the last thing you want to talk about is the circumstances of the miscarriage. I mean, and I think that all this isn't, like, straight-up law yet. Like, it's going to be challenged. Oh, no doubt. And it's going to go through the courts and probably eventually get to the Supreme Court. And that's when we're going to see if Roe v. Wade can truly be overturned or not. We'll see what Brett Kavanaugh actually is about. Because it's going to be up to him. Very telling moment for him, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see how lost our country is and how much closer we are to the Civil War Part Two, because this is going to be shit no one will stand for. I and thought, you know, call I out to all like the policemen or anyone that's job it is to arrest people who are having abortions. Why don't you just fuck off and not do that? Because like you got to be somewhat on our side. Mm-hmm. Like if this happened to you, and you wanted it. Like as as a man, like if you wanted the person you're with that you accidentally got pregnant to have an abortion. Yeah, I'm sure you would think differently on it. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, having a kid changes your life entirely. And aborting a kid doesn't do fucking shit. And I don't care. If you, the only reason you could think that it does shit is if you're super religious. And then even if you're super religious, uh, what does that kid go to hell? No. He goes to heaven and lives in eternal greatness. Like, so fuck off. Fuck off with all this shit. Hadn't even thought of it that way. And and yet, uh, unfortunately for the religious right, it should have no saying in court of law. Yeah, no. Separation of church and state, that's a fucking thing. It's probably the best idea in the Constitution. And it's... uh, You can't prove to me when a baby gets a soul. Like anything you say is not proven, and it's separation of church and state. So anything you try to project on me is—it's not you putting your religious beliefs upon me and making laws about it. So aborting somebody is not killing somebody because you don't know when people are alive until they're actually alive in this world. When they're just a culture of cells, or even a even even a fetus, like 
believe it. They're they're not they're not they don't they don't have any they can't vote they can't do it they don't have any rights you mm-hmm. know like come on get the fuck out of here with this bullshit and uh, look at the Constitution if you're a Republican who's super constitutionalist right. like. Get the, 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 out of my the, fucking love, face before I fucking abort the shit out of you. You love the part about guns, but when we get to that bit about uh, church and state, uh, that's where things get uh, wishy-washy and negotiable, huh? Yeah. No, it, it's bullshit. It's a complete double standard. You don't defend that document without uh, you know, taking into account everything that's in that document, which is clearly the case for uh, those down in the Bible Belt who... Uh, find that uh, church and state bit negotiable. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a Satanist, so you better fucking deal with me. <laughs> <laughs> to, to everyone down in the Bible Belt who listens. Listen, Bible Belt, and especially most of my family, fuck off. Um, fuck off with your bullshit takes. <laughs> Sorry, you know, we don't make laws based in faith. We make laws based in logic and reason and Everything should come down to the golden rule. Like, do unto others as you would want somebody to do unto you. And also, stay out of other people's business if they're not hurting anybody else. And don't tell me that a fetus is a person, because it's not a person. You, you don't know a fetus. You can't talk to a fetus. It's just a fucking it's, potential thing. All this, all this time I just see Nick like lounging here, like sunglasses on or something, and uh, maybe a cigarette. Science, get some. <laughs> yeah, get some fucking science, motherfuckers. <laughs> Demon science, bro. I get a little aggressive in the this political segment. You did, man. <laughs> Fire lit. <laughs> Go, going off like Daenerys Targaryen on King's Landing. Oh yeah. You're, you're uh, you don't have a dragon, so your weapon is this microphone. Well, I don't know. I mean, like even having kids, like having a bunch, if like so, like say, let's say all across. All across the country, you're not allowed to have abortions. That's going to increase the population. Uh-huh. Which is tr- which is really what we need. Yeah. Which we're overpopulated. We're going to increase climate change. And, uh, you know... But that's that's not real either, son. Yeah, well... Doesn't that, say nothing about that in the Bible. Yeah, well, you know what? It is. Um, But... <laughs> sure, go ahead and not believe it. That's fine. Uh, what I, you know, honestly, I'm, at, I'm almost at the point where I don't really give a shit. Like... I don't really like I this is uh so Joe McNavage, uh former guest explicit podcast, you know him, goes through with us. Indeed. Um, uh, he always says like I believe in climate change, I just don't think there's anything we can do about it. And I'm almost like I kinda feel that on a level. Like I don't think that there is I think there is something we can do about it. I just don't think we will. So you're just completely uh lost faith and yeah, no, I think like unless like well, I mean unless the civil war breaks out, mm-hmm. and even if that does, that's gonna take too long to resolve itself. Mm-hmm. But this is gonna don't we owe it to humanity and future generations to try? I think we owe it to yes, I do, I do agree. Mm-hmm. But I think that also climate change isn't gonna kill every single human. It's just gonna leave the elite ones left. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should put all of our resources into becoming that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think, I like, do you think the entire world is going to agree that we can't 
emit the amount of carbon we are because i don't i don't think that's even realistically possible at all no it's a bureaucratic nightmare too much uh like unless we use extreme force yeah, that'd be, that'd be like one we'd way. Like, like we like fucking nuke a country if they don't agree to something. Like it's got to be that dramatic. A global, or else... a global police, a global world order. Yeah. Um, global world order. That's a gem from the uh, Department of Redundancy Department. But in any case, it would take that kind of authority to unite this planet because killing each other for so long. And uh, yeah, this is this is where religion trivializes things. Um, this is where the Republican sentiment gets to me a little bit, like where like nothing's gonna happen. Like I mean, like it's it's all a pipe dream, and it is. Like I don't think like we're gonna we're not gonna get China to sign on to not polluting their own country. No, we're not gonna get fucking anyone else that's downtrodden, like especially anyone in the Middle East to not polluting their own country. No, we're gonna have to. Can't can't agree on. We're gonna have to <laughs> kill a lot of people if we want to survive, or let a lot of people kill each other and hide in bunkers or something. Last one who's left, turn off the lights. Um, so maybe I, we should be... I don't... I, you know, honestly, I, I'm just realizing this as it, I'm speaking it's a, it's it. It's a situation but. that has no apparent, obvious answer, but mm. it's... Can it be ignored? Can, it, can we afford to ignore it? No. But, like, I mean, like, where we're just going to fight about it and waste a lot of time fighting about it, like... I don't know. You know, every, I, I feel kind of almost... I'm at, I'm at the point where I think everything is pointless and shit's just going to happen. And it doesn't matter what we what we vote on, what we decide, who's our president. Like Nothing ever really changes, huh, Nick? Yeah, you know, you, you might be right. If Game of Thrones ends like that, then I will be 100% on board it's with it's this is how the world's going to end. <laughs> so I kind of under the uh, opinion that we might as well just live our lives as best as we can as we individually can yes i'm all about that you know like i'm not worried about future consequences right now i I probably should be and i'll admit that but at the same time i I, you know you owe it to yourself and and as long as you're behaving in your rational self-interest and not laying um you know a world on fire in your wake yeah, as, as as long as you're not destroying the planet personally with within reason, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just if people, you know, minded their own business and mm-hmm. worried about themselves, and at the same time were not preoccupied with hurting one another, we'd probably be a lot better off. Um, so many things have divided us, and yeah, and then it's like um, class, probably... religion, race. I mean like we're lucky because we're like we have a uh, like this big group of friends even like the friends that you're friends with and mm-hmm. i'm not friends with and the friends that i'm friends with you're not friends with. like we have this giant group they could all uh be together and you know coexist mm-hmm. and you know that's that's the shit that i find super important for the future going forward if 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 things go to fucking flames like we'll have each other and we'll be able to maybe take over the world or uh <laughs> or at least survived love love circle encircling planet earth love circle and john circle come on <laughs> it, it'd be on, it's a it's a hard force to beat um no yeah if shit goes if shit goes to shit then we we kind of have we kind of have like um uh 
We just need more guns. We do have really? a sizable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't own any guns. I haven't shot a gun. In, I've never shot a gun. Uh, it's like sixth grade scout camp. It has been a minute. Um, Damn. If worse comes to worse, I'd like to think I could get off a shot or two and maybe take out, uh, you know, one of the uh, enemies, whoever they are. But I'm probably useless in a fight. Yeah, no, we're more and more politically useful. We're like yeah. the Tyrion Lannisters. Yeah, uh, I, I drink and I know things, except I don't drink right now. But I like <laughs> to think I still know some things. I drink, you know things. Yeah, we're unstoppable. <laughs> we'll, get at, we'll get at church 2020, except I'm, uh, I'm the president. We'll get at church. I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else is going on politically? Do you know anything? I forget, I feel like we're missing something. Yeah, we talked about... Um, there's one other bit we're missing. Let me quick Google it. Kind of glanced over the tariffs, which is... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I would talk more about them, but I don't really know, like, exactly. The, I, I, I feel very un... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not an economist, but uh, there's one bit I read... Um, the president follows through with his plan to hit all imports from China with 25% tariffs. Americans should expect to have to absorb a consumption tax bill in the neighborhood of $100 billion. That's, uh, that's got to make you as a consumer have second thoughts. And <sighs> I just don't, I don't understand this president. I don't, I don't understand. He's just so irrational. Why do people think he's good? He's not remotely statesmanlike. It's... Oh, um, uh, apparently the Attorney General uh, Barr is try- trying to start an investigation against the people who start an investigation against Trump. Unbelievable. <laughs> you telling me he, the Attorney General of the United States has nothing better to do right now? Dude, um, everyone in the government that Trump has appointed is completely and utterly useless because they are just running his... In- including fucking Fox News. This is why yeah. I, I that this I I I talked a couple of episodes ago about the podcast it could happen here which is about the upcoming American second civil war and I believe this shit like 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 for example imagine um a democrat we'll we'll just say uh we'll just say Bernie Sanders because we're not going to do Biden or Warren cuz we can't be that crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's say Bernie Sanders wins by like a t- the tiniest of margins. You think Trump isn't going to challenge those election results and manipulate them and just be the president again? Like, come on. A court, he, mm-hmm. he literally said that he will accept the election results if he loses versus Hillary only if he wins. And he's got a bunch of maniacs that have already sent, like some of them have already sent pipe bombs to big Democratic leaders. Mm-hmm. They sh- they're, they're the people that shoot up places like in New Zealand and I mean I don't I, I can't I don't remember exactly if it was Las Vegas but uh you know Republicans Vegas have been ago. responsible yeah. for all the big mass shootings it's been someone on their side um, a lot of uh, comparatively like I mean I'm young, sure young white men yeah <laughs> oh god damn we're all the time but wah, wah, wah. but like that shit will go down 
I, I wish I could say you're wrong, but he's he's been uh, he's been in power too long, and he's not going to give it up easily. Well, we'll get onto it more next week, John, during our 100th episode. Though I'm sure we won't actually. And but <laughs> whatever happens, happens, and I am hoping I'll be there. We'll, get, we'll be going after 10 o'clock. If you're listening to this and you're on John's trivia team and you don't pick up the shit from them, fuck you, don't ever listen to this again. But, uh, <laughs> John, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Anything you want to say? Uh, Facebook, John Church. I post some good shit. I post, uh... So, yeah. Links that no one likes. Links think, that no one likes. Sorry. And, our, uh, our restaurants shit. my girlfriend and I go to. Uh, but I some good shit here or there. And, uh, be good to each other. And, uh... Uh, Game of Thrones is still amazing. Fire and Blood. All right, follow us on, uh, follow me on Facebook, or sorry, Twitter, Instagram, at Nick Wigella. Thank you for splitting six with us, everybody. And remember, it's more important to listen to what somebody else is saying than it is for them to listen to you. I am Nick Wigella. Follow me everywhere. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry that this outro sounds so crappy, but thank you for splitting six with us. We'll see you next week for the 100th episode. John, are you pumped or what for that? Get hype. Get hype, motherfuckers. We'll see you in a week, idiots.